This is Debbie, and welcome back to another brand new amazing episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who followed their passions and found their purpose along the way. And I am so happy to have our next guest, Morgan Hipworth. He is a 16-year-old entrepreneur and donut master, a high school student by day, donut entrepreneur by night. Morgan taught himself how to cook at the age of seven, and by the time he was 15, he started his own restaurant called Bistro Morgan. Morgan has been dubbed the Donut Prince of Australia, and he has been getting so much media because of everything that he is accomplishing at the ripe old age of 16, and has recently been featured by Instagram. Hey Morgan, how are you today? Good, thanks, how are you? Thank you so much for talking with me. Can you fill in the gaps and let us know why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I pretty much I started my business, Bistro Morgan, when I was 13. And I sort of developed a love for cooking since I was seven or eight. And um, that sort of developed to slowly cooking three-course meals for my family. And I used to set up the front dining room and I would call it Bistro Morgan because I used to love French food. And, and Bistro, of course, is a, a small French restaurant. So I used to do that every Saturday night. And then from there, I slowly sort of started making cakes for family and friends and just kept on going like that until I was 13 and I went to a cafe one day and we got chatting to the owner as we were paying the bill, you know, just a normal, how was everything and, you know, was everything all right? And she said, oh, you seem to know a lot about food and stuff at such a young age. And I said, yeah, I do a bit of cooking and baking in my spare time. And she said, oh, we're, we're actually looking for a new cake supplier here. You should bring some of your cakes down and we can maybe sell them here. And, you know, we didn't really think much of it. About a month later, I sent them an email and the manager came back saying, yeah, we remember you and um, would you be able to bring some samples down? So we took some samples down and, and next thing I know, it, I'm supplying all their cakes and all their brownies to cookies and things like that. So this was a, a seven-day-a-week sort of gig. I was, orders would come in at 3 p.m. and I would uh, get home from school and, and bake all night and deliver the next morning. And that sort of kept on going for around a couple months until they asked for some donuts. And that's really where the donuts started. Uh, I got a few more cafes. I got a bit of media attention. And the donuts is really the things that have taken off. And, and now we just do the donuts. I, um, we had a pop-up store last September where we sold 10,000 donuts in eight days. So it was pretty hectic. And now I've just opened up the, my first uh, permanent store about three or four weeks before Christmas. You have already amassed all of that huge amount of <laughs> of things in the short period of time. That's pretty busy. Yeah, and and you're what? You're 16 years old. <laughs> I'm 16. Yeah, yeah. in February. You're you're making us all feel a little inadequate over here, Morgan. So <laughs> let's slow down a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take a step back. <laughs> No, I, I don't think you should, but <laughs> let's go back to when you first had the idea to to do this company or even when you first just, first just started baking. What was your typical process of when you wanted to execute a new plan or idea? Did you have any mentors to kind of show you and guide you the way? What was that like? Yeah, and I guess it's... it's um. 
well, when I first started baking, it, it really I I started cooking and baking just from watching TV so shows such as MasterChef. So um, that came on over here in Australia, and I started watching it, and I kind of thought, you know, if they could do it, I could do it, and and then I just kept on baking, and I actually got onto the top 300 of Junior MasterChef when I was nine, and um, things like that. So that's almost what kickstarted my um, love for cooking, and then from there, I guess my my drive has always been there and I think both my parents have their own business. So that has sort of been instilled from me from a young age, um, you know, the business sort of mindset. Um, but I, I haven't had really sort of any mentors, especially in the food industry. My, my parents, like my dad's business is building and my mum's is in the fashion industry. So there's no, no sort of any food um, mentors, but from when, I've always been one of those kids, if I, if I was going to do something, I, I would do it properly. Like there's never sort of any half-hearted efforts. So I um, I decided I would do it and we certainly <laughs> gave it a good crack. And, and even now, you know, once I decide I'm going to launch a new menu item, like when we first opened the store in uh, January this year, I decided I wanted to do some, these things called ice cream sandwiches, which was the donuts cut in half. And I was going to fill them with ice cream and put, you know, lots of different stuff on them and, I, I literally had that idea on the Tuesday and it was up and running by the Friday and I got, uh, you know, all these write-ups in the newspapers and all this over here about them and that's just my sort of, my turnaround. Like once I want to do something, I'm, I'm going to try and do it really fast. Wow, that's pretty crazy and unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How you just have that idea and you just go for it. Is there ever any yeah. doubts in your head when you're trying to make all of these different things happen? Um, I don't really think so. I haven't really um, experienced my sort of doubt, especially my own one. I think it's really from a business point of view. If you if you have a great product and you really believe in it, then you shouldn't have anything to worry to worry about. And, for me, literally, like when I was living, I had nothing to lose. I was baking out of my house. I had all the equipment there. I didn't have to outlay any money to start up. I just had to pay for a council registration, which is a couple hundred dollars. And I literally started selling. So if something didn't work, it didn't work, and I gave it a crack. So I think there was not really much risk involved. And, you know, you build up that confidence and, you know, so much things around it. Like now I've got, you know, 50 plus thousand followers on Instagram and things like that, which really help to grow that confidence. And, you know, people love what you're doing and, and consumers will support you. Absolutely. And let's go back to, to your parents, both being entrepreneurs. I know a lot of kids right now, I'm not sure what it's like in Australia, but in the United States, it's, it's pretty typical that most parents don't really talk about finance and businesses on the dinner table. What was it like yeah. with your parents? How did they help you go through this process of going towards a business at the age of, you know, 15 years old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it was kind of, uh, so, I'm, you know, my family's a bit like, I'm an only child, so... We're much more sort of close family. I guess my parents have always said they treated me more like an adult than a, a child growing up. And I think that has come through. Like I was always involved when, you know, they were doing their... Over here we have these things called bass returns. I don't know if you have them over there, but it's basically like doing all your tax and things like that. Um, and, you know, I was always involved in that side of things, all the finance, doing all the invoices and things like that in their business. I was always, you know, in the background trying to work out how they did it all. So that was sort of everyday conversation at the dinner table, you know, around that kind of stuff. So I think it was almost, 
it wasn't anything new to me. And that's why I think when a lot of people say, you know, how did you learn how to do an invoice or how did you learn how to do this? It's, I didn't have to learn anything. I knew how to do it all. And I, I was always, you know, pretty switched on as, you know, as a younger kid, you know, when I was seven or eight, I always wanted to try and do things and, and uh, I always tried to pay attention to what was going on. And your parents are obviously great parents because (laughs) most of us, yeah, when when we grow up, we don't look at our parents' taxes as teenagers or even even younger than that. (laughs) So far, what has been the biggest setback that you have encountered and how do you handle that? Yeah, sure. So I think I've had obviously a few setbacks, but I think um, the biggest one, so over in Australia, we are we find that there's a lot of uh, we call it tall poppy syndrome, and it's basically I don't think it's as prevalent over there in the US, but here it's when uh, someone does something well and um, you know is successful, a lot of people just want to bring them down, um, and so I've had that in all sorts of things. But one of the major things has been age and just the doubt due to the age that oh, I bet your parents do it all, or I bet your parents run a bakery and uh, they've just used him as like a marketing ploy to, you know, get some more cash kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the other thing, you know, I bet your parents have funded the whole shop and he's just got rich parents and done nothing. But, uh, you know, I started, as I said, when I was 13, and I, I earned all the money from the shop. I paid for the, all the shop um, out of my earnings from the cafes and um, things like that. So there's been setbacks like that and it's mainly online. You know, you'll find lots of online trolls and comments and things like that. But I guess you just really sort of block them out and, and don't pay attention to them. You know, these people are focusing on you, especially if they've got other businesses. They're focusing on you. They're not focusing on their own businesses or they're not focusing on their own life. So, you know, they just block them out. People are very wary or even afraid of that because most people – don't even do that at the age of 30, 40, 50. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I this think is... It's, it's against the stereotype. So as soon as something doesn't go to plan, people start questioning it. And the first thing that comes into people's mind is that there's something wrong. Not that, oh, we might actually have something good here. You know, the first thing, oh, you know, I bet you've done this or done that. There's, there's not ever a positive first thought kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked about how your parents have instilled this business mind in you. And I think if we mm. had more of that um, in the household, more children would be more interested in finance and creating exactly, their own yeah. business. Yeah. So you had a really good foundation to start with. And that's how yeah. you started something this young and this early. And you are able to create something from nothing on your own. And your parents kind of just help you in wherever they can. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's that's perfect. So you're doing well already. And yeah, those trollers, yeah, who cares? Fun. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, boss them out. <laughs> they're they're not focused on their own stuff. That's why um exactly you know. right. So what advice would you give to someone who is on the verge of giving up? Because there's a lot of that happening where they try a lot of different things and something just doesn't happen and they're ready they're about ready to give up. What would you say to that? Yeah, sure. I think the um the main thing is literally just find what you love. Um, if if you don't love it, how can you expect a consumer or a customer to love it? Um, and it's not that you love the product; it's that you enjoy what you do. It's the old Confucius saying: if you find what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. It, it, and it's it's so true, honestly. If you find what you love, 
And that genuine, you know, nature will really come across and, and people will find that there's no point trying to be fake towards consumers if they can really smell that stuff out. So I think just find what you love and just say how it is. Don't try and make, you know, stuff up and things like that. And the rewards will really come through. If you're not passionate and you're not you're not in love with what you're doing, how are you going to keep going when there are setbacks, exactly. right? And this is why you've gone this far is because you really enjoy and you really love yeah. what you're doing. Exactly right. So how do you keep your momentum and find new inspiration? Because I'm sure you have to create new flavors and all of these different things for your menu. How do you keep that going? Yeah, of course. So basically, um, up until about a month ago, actually, we were doing, um, I would come up with a whole new, we have 11 flavors each week, and I would come up with a whole new range of 11 flavors every single week. So I've come up with over oh, probably about 3,000 flavors now in, in the whole time I've been making the donut. But um, about oh, a month ago or so, we I decided that we were going to change it slightly. So now what I do is uh, we've got a two-week rotational cycle. So there's a week one and a week two with nine standard flavors. And then each week we have two special flavors that are the flavors of the week. So um, each week you'll find two specials uh, that I come up with. So I always do new sort of brainstorms and I try and reinvent what's, um, you know, like for example, you used to go to your grandma's house and, you know, the cookies that she used to bake for you or the cakes and things like that. Um, we have a, a, a very, very Australian cake over here called the Lamington. Um, which is uh, strawberry jam, chocolate, and coconut, and so we've recreated that into a into a donut and and a, a golden gay time ice cream. We've created into the gay time crunch donut and things like that, which really resonates well. So I always try and keep up the creativity, and it, it's quite funny. I don't consider myself a very creative person in that I I am the worst drawer you'll ever come across in your life. I um, <laughs> I can't write an English story. I, I can't do anything like that. But when it comes to food and, and flavors and things like that, I can somehow, I can I can do it. And again, I, it's what I love and I, I never struggle to think of new flavors. They always come there. It, it's, it's really amazing because you found it at this young of an age, your passion and what you really love to do. And this is a really good passion, by the way, is food and flavors. Thank you. Yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> Right. We Thanks we all love that. <laughs> we all love different flavors and food. So you, you definitely yeah, everyone loves to eat. <laughs> <laughs> we all need food and we all love it. So, hey, exactly. Yeah, it's a necessity. <laughs> That's right. So how are you able to finance the business when you first started and how do you cre- continue cre- to create your income? Yeah, so basically, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, from um, I don't know how it works over in, in the states, as I said, but here you can um, register with the council, so your local council, um, to have a thing called a, a local um, kitchen approved house-based kitchen. So basically, it means that you can cook out of your home kitchen, and it's checked and everything, just like any other restaurant, and it's all approved. You know, food safety, all of that's covered. And that basically allows um, us to sell to cafes and things like that. So that fee is around $100, $200 a year. So I basically, I, we paid for that. So my mum paid for that fee when I first started. And 
from there, as I always say, if your uh, pricing is right, there should be uh, you buy your ingredients and then you sell this to the cafes, and which is what I did, and the cafes pay their bills. And then that money that they've paid their bills, I would buy my next lot of ingredients. And slowly, obviously, if it's a you know, successful product business, you have a markup on each one of those products and you make your money out of that. So we kept on going there for you know, two or three years and you know, we had the pop-up where we sold 10,000 donuts in eight days and, and that's kind of how I, I financed the shop. And that's how it came out. So um, you know, I started that up and, and yeah, continually, I, um, I just keep on going. You know, we sell the donuts and, and from there. Yeah, and because it's so good and your flavors are incredible, they all just keep coming. You know, it's like you yeah, said, exactly it's your passion right. and what you want to do. So that's really true. What has been yeah. the worst advice you have ever received from someone? The worst advice? Gosh, that's interesting. Um, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of maybe, you know, just give up, like, um, you know, get out of the food industry. A lot of chefs will tell you that, get out, it's not worth it. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of chefs will tell you that because it is hard work. It's not easy. And when you're doing, like on weekends, I work 12, 15 hours a day some days and it, it's not easy. But um, as I said, when you love it, it, it's all worthwhile in the end when you take a step back and look at it. But yeah, definitely probably the worst piece of advice is, is get out of the food industry. It's not worth it. Yeah, and look where you are now at 16 years old. You have your own. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you have your own bistro. I mean, why would you get out? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the dream. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's also true. I love the fact that you you know what it takes already and you've worked so hard. You're working 12 or more hours a day and like with anything else, it's a lot of hard work and dedication and persistence for you to be able to succeed in the way that you can. And we've, we've talked about your age and how people are still, they still do not believe that you were able to do this on your own. But with any age, it's really a lot of hard work if you want to succeed in something. And you've definitely proven yeah, that. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so far, what has been your proudest moment? Yeah, um, I think probably my proudest moment is um, being um, featured on on the Instagram, uh, the official Instagram Instagram account, um, and on the CEO of Instagram's Kevin Systrom's uh, account, they were uh, pretty crazy moments. Um, you know, the the official Instagram account, of course, having about two hundred fifty million followers, and uh, Kevin's account have about two million followers. So they were pretty crazy accounts. You know, being singled out by the CEO of Instagram, you know, one in a million or one in a billion kind of thing is pretty damn crazy. It must seem so surreal when that kind of thing happens to you and pinch yourself moment, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome when you get that email, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before with that request. It's uh, it's a pretty awesome moment. And it it's also really great marketing for you and your business. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I gained about an extra thirty thousand followers overnight from that Instagram post. Oh my gosh, that's pretty incredible! Now let's let's yeah. talk about your marketing strategy uh, strategy and how do you put your work and yourself out there for people to notice? Yeah, sure. So I um I do all the marketing, I do all the social media, I do all that side of it, and I think the um. 
the key to marketing nowadays is social media. Um, you need to build a kind of story around your social media. And, you know, I, I understand not everyone's got the story I do behind their business, but build some sort of, some sort of storyline that your product can follow, you know, how you created it, why you created it, things like that. And, um, find a gap in the market and you can market that very well through social media, take good photos of your products, um, post at the right time and you will get noticed if it's a good product and you're doing great things in the community. There's no doubt about it, but it's finding that gap, finding what you love once again is if you love it, then you can really talk about it all day long. You know, there's no point faking it because people can tell and it really comes up, especially in marketing and media, but, Social media is key and honestly, that's what's helped me get where I have Instagram's been absolutely key. I started off the Instagram account just documenting. If you scroll all the way back to the start, you're about to see my first ever post is a loaf of bread and the second is a handmade bowl of pasta. I started off just by documenting what I was cooking at home and I slowly changed it to the donuts and what it is now and it's just been absolutely key. And just being genuine and doing what again what you love and showing how passionate you are about it will really exactly show people that you are who you are and you know you love what you do so they should love you too <laughs> exactly right <laughs> a lot of that is also word of mouth after they see you on instagram they try you out they love your yeah, food and tagging their friends in the photos all that kind of stuff Exactly. And that's how you get the word out. And it just becomes this organic thing that people just want to be a part of after they see everything yeah. that you've done. That's very true. Exactly. It's good fun. Yeah, so now, what advice would you give to someone who is really struggling to find their purpose or they're really afraid to take the next step towards what they want to do? Um, yeah, I think that's... Um... It's an interesting one because once again, it comes back to uh, as, as hard as it does sound, find what you love, try everything, go out, reach out to people and, and honestly, don't be afraid to ask for work experience kind of thing where you can go in for a day or two and just work for free. You know, just try out and see if you love it because people are genuine, like, you know, normally they're pretty supportive. Um you don't find too many people that won't want to help other people out. We're all trying to find where we sit in this world. And if you can help someone else out, you most likely will. So I think that's a really key part of it. Um, and just finding connections, you know, talk to people, network and things like that will really help inspire you as well. I believe that as well. You have to really try it out and see if you like it. And the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. And when exactly. you know, when we look back at your story and when you first started this, where you just went up to someone at a restaurant and said to them, "Hey, I bake," and then all of a sudden, you have yeah, this one thing. thing. Makes another exactly crazy. and it just doesn't happen to you people think that oh it's luck no it's not luck morgan went no. to, to these people and told them i bake let's talk about this let me supply you with something so you need to take that initiative to actually exactly, do something yeah. about your passion it's not just going to come to you you have to work for it well yeah you need to, i think you need to turn your hobby into a into a into a job as they say you know into a business because your hobbies are often where you find the most joy. And if you can turn that joy into 24-7, then, gosh, you know, isn't that the dream? 
Ex- yes, abs- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I think a lot of people are very afraid of that because we've always had this mentality where you have to go to college first and do the you know, the practical the way. way. Exactly. You have to be practical and your hobby shouldn't be what you should be doing with your life. When really yeah. what you're passionate about is really what you need to be pursuing. And Exactly. And who's stopping you? Exactly. Nobody. Yourself. Exactly. You that's that's very true. And you're the only one. You're your worst enemy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Or your best friend. Yes. <laughs> And it's amazing that you found this out at such a at such a young age, and that's why I'm talking to you right now. I don't know why anyone yeah. would ever doubt that you have created this for yourself if they even you know spent a little bit of time with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, thank you. So, what are you working now that is really exciting to you? Yeah, for sure. So, I'm definitely once I'm out of. Um... You know, once I'm out of school and uh, I've got a bit more time, I um I, I want to have my own restaurants and cafes. I, I want to sort of branch out into other things as well. It's sort of my dream to be in the always in that sort of hospitality industry. But um, you know, who knows what could happen? We're getting lots of exciting opportunities coming our way. Um, you know, let us, I don't even know what they you know tomorrow's inbox. You know, when I open, what emails are going to be there? So. Who knows what could happen in a month's time or a year's time. But, uh, yeah, we've definitely got some opportunities, uh, possibly even internationally. But, yeah, we won't speak too soon. You have so much going for you right now. And you have this momentum going. And I'm sure it's just going to keep rolling and going. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen next either. (laughs) Um, I can't wait either. Yeah, and you're still in, what, in the 11th grade or... Yes, I'm in yeah, year 11 over here, so I've got one more, so I've got this year and then all of next year, which is uh, year 12, and then I'm out of high school, and I don't really want to go to university um, or college, as you guys call it, because, you know, I don't I don't really see a need in having a, a piece of paper that says you can do something, you know, unless it's a, you know, medicine degree, law degree, all that kind of stuff, but, you know, in terms of a business degree and stuff, I really think practical first world experience is the best way to do do well in that scene. And most people go to college or university because it's a way for them to find a job. But I think yes. when you are going out there and looking for what you love and trying it out firsthand, that is a much more valuable lesson than just staying in a classroom and yeah, exactly right. figuring it out in a book instead of real life. Yeah which is yeah, much exactly. more practical. Much more practical. <laughs> <laughs> and you have done it right, and you have really good parents that taught you the right way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If our listeners want to know more about you and what you do, where can they find you? So um, basically, yeah, my, our main sort of social media is at Bistro Morgan on Instagram. Um, I've also got my personal account, which sort of documents my life as, as a person and what I do, so that's, at Morgan Hipworth, um, and if you've got any questions or anything like that, you can DM us or uh, send us an email and all the uh, info's on our website, which is bistromorgan.com.au. Thank you so much, Morgan, for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Morgan, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Yeah, awesome. We'll chat soon.
Thanks. I hope you enjoyed listening to Morgan. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com for killer resources and so much more. One of the best things about having an offbeat life for me is being able to travel anywhere in the world and doing what I love. But like most people, we are always so busy that we cannot go through all of these different sites to compare all of the prices. But guess what? Skyscanner will do that for you. Now, if you visit offbeatflight.com, again, that's offbeatflight, F-L-I-G-H-T.com, you can find all of these deals in one spot with Skyscanner. Thanks for listening to D Offbeat Life, and let's catch up again next Monday. Bye, everyone.